0: We now have found ourselves at the end of two, end of two roads, recognizing that we need to find a path forward. Life after Moore's Law.
1: What? Moore's Law is dead. The first time I heard Nvidia's CEO talking about the death of Moore's Law, I was confused. How can Moore's Law be dead? How is it possible that we can imagine a future with chips and semiconductors in everything we own and use, from the packaging of the food we eat to the clothing we wear, but at the same time Moore's Law be dead? If Moore's Law is dead, how are we going to capture, process, store, secure and analyze All the data, signals, and noise we are planning to create through applications such as autonomous cars, drones, social media, virtual reality, augmented reality, and Internet of Things, while not being able to increase computing speed and processing efficiency as we have done so in the past few decades. In the
0: course of the last 30 years, we've improved processor, microprocessor performance by nearly a million times. By nearly a million times. Nothing in society has improved by a million times. And everything in society has been made possible because of this fundamental advance.
1: But more importantly, if Moore's law is dead, does it mean semiconductor stocks and companies are dead too? As an investor, how can we stop mourning the death of Moore's law and celebrating it? Or in a less romantic way, the question we'd want to answer today is how do we invest in the semiconductor sector in the post moores law era? We're going to hear from well-known physicists, NVIDIA CEO, Xilinx CEO, AMD CTO, and even Alphabet's chairman, and dig deep into the technology that is emerging to continue to increase computation speed. And of course, we do all that in order to discover companies and stocks that are leading the post-Morzla era that may be good additions to our investment portfolios. Morzla can be dead, but the investing party must go on.
2: From StockGuard.io, this is Renegade Investors, the show that rebels against the conventional wisdom of investing.
1: We are Hoda and Arash, your hosts and the co-founders of StockGuard. The conversation on this show is not investment advice. The hosts and their guests may or may not have invested in the companies we discuss. Don't make investment decisions solely based on what you hear on this show. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to this episode of Renegade Investors Podcast. This is Hoda, your host and co-founder and CEO of Stockard. It's one thing to say Morjda is dead, but it's another thing to actually see its death. There are so many companies all around the world that have become very successful and rich by riding the wave of Moore's Law. These semiconductor manufacturers are not just going to give up. They would want to and actually have been doing their best to tweak Moore's Law, push its boundaries, and squeeze as much efficiency and processing power as they can. The famous physicist, Professor Michio Kaku, has explained this in a very good way. If I were to put money on the table, I
2: would say that in the next 10 years, as Moore's Law slows down, we will tweak it. We will tweak it with three-dimensional chips, maybe optical chips, tweak it with known technology, pushing the limits, squeezing what we can. Intel Corporation has admitted this. In fact, Intel Corporation is now going to three-dimensional chips. Chips that compute not just flatly in two dimensions, but in the
1: third dimension. That's why you see Intel's chips and processors are being widely used. Intel has been applying a myriad of techniques, such as three-dimensional computing, to lengthen the life of Moore's Law. Another company that is lengthening the life of Moore's Law and tweaking it is Microsoft.
2: Microsoft, for example, a software company, wants to go to parallel processing. Instead of having one chip here, spread them out horizontally. Take a problem, cut in many pieces, and have it run simultaneously on many
1: standard chips. That's another possible solution. As long as companies try to tweak Moore's Law, we will end up with potentially stable investments such as Intel and Microsoft. But also, think about the companies that create cooling systems, companies that are working and coming up with material that is not silicon, that can be used in developing semiconductors. All such companies will continue to grow at least for a few more years before we can fully declare the death of Moore's Law. Along the same lines of thinking... The expected death of Moore's law has been great for cloud computing companies. If you can make semiconductors smaller, you can certainly buy more of them, rack them up, and put them side by side to create more processing power. Who can buy more and afford making big farms of semiconductors? Companies such as Amazon's AWS or Microsoft's Azure are the ones that can afford buying and building massive data centers and just add more and more machines to the form of semiconductors. Therefore, let's make sure that we are not saying goodbye to the current leaders of the Moore's Law era because they are doing everything they can to extend its life. I love this casual conversation between the hosts of Forward Thinking podcasts from a few years ago about the continuation of Moore's Law's life.
0: The, The remarkable thing is that engineers have found new ways to defy the end of Moore's Law and keep it going. So it's entirely possible that within a decade, we're talking about a totally new technology that does continue the spirit of Moore's Law, even if it has moved away from uh, what we think of as traditional, uh, integrated circuit components. Mm-hmm. Who knows? It's a tall order, but you know, once upon a time, the transistor didn't exist. So it's not like we're talking about something that is beyond, uh, entire. You know, it's not that it's completely implausible. I mean, right. It's it might be a long shot, but it's still possible.
1: All right. We now know there are companies very well-known ones that have already led the Moore's Law's era that are going to tweak it as much as they can. So perhaps Intel or Microsoft continue to be good investments in the semiconductor market for years to come. But hey, Moore's Law is exponential. Sooner
2: or later, even three-dimensional chips, even parallel processing will be exhausted and will have to go to the post-Silicon era.
1: It's mainly because new applications such as Internet of Things, machine learning, or even cryptocurrency transactions require much more processing power, stability, and energy efficiency than no amount of tweaking of the existing semiconductor technology and transistors can address that. So it begins the search for companies that will lead the future of computing into the post law era. One way we may end up having faster processing in the age of post law is to create new platforms. To better understand the need for and the role of a platform in increasing processing speed, think about iOS or Windows. These operating systems are some kind of a platform that standardize a variety of tasks for millions of application developments that are being developed within their environment. Keep that in mind for a second and then think about emerging fields such as Internet of Things or autonomous cars that are the type of applications that demand such faster processing power. As of now, we do not have an equivalent to iOS or Windows platform for such new emerging fields. That's why you see a myriad of startups and large players in the semiconductor industry are trying to become the underlying platform for internal things or autonomous cars or all of these kinds of high-demand emerging fields. Becoming the underlying platform for such fields will allow them to lead the world in the post Law era without the need to make the actual semiconductors more powerful. Are you still with me? I know that was a bit too technical. All you need to know as an investor is that any company that can become the underlying platform for something like autonomous cars application development will most likely be the best investment you can make in the semiconductor industry now. And the good news is that you are already familiar with a few of such companies. You may not know it yet. Our progress has been
0: incredible. It's an enormous amount of software.
1: The future autonomous driving
0: cars are essentially a software deploying car. And so we have to make our platform super programmable. Super programmable doesn't mean you write things in assembly code. Super programmable means you need to have an environment that allows you to be very productive in developing software. The tools have to be great, the infrastructure for deep learning has to be excellent, and our ability to quickly deploy Experiment, deploy, experiment, deploy, enhance, that loop has to be incredibly
1: fast. As you heard from Nvidia CEO, the company has introduced a platform for autonomous cars. This means NVIDIA's platform will enable much faster, cheaper, more secure, and efficient application development for autonomous cars without manufacturing smaller or more efficient semiconductors. Of course, NVIDIA is not the only one who is going after creating a platform for applications that need higher processing speed and efficiency. But now you know why a company like NVIDIA is not just about video games and cryptocurrency and how it can become a much larger company than what it is now. That might justify having NVIDIA in your portfolio for a bit longer even after the recent price declines that we've seen for NVIDIA. Another way to go about leading the post Moore's Law era is through what is known as programmable or adaptive computing. This solution started from what is known as FPGA chips, commonly called programmable chips, but continued into the creation of more comprehensive solutions. This gets very technical if you want to get into the detail of technology, but in plain simple English, it means you can improve computing speed and efficiency by creating a more flexible architecture that is adaptable to what you would want to do now. To better understand it, at least from a non-technical point of view let's listen to the ceo of a company called xilinx and the cto of another chip manufacturer called amd who came together on stage in 2018 and talked about their shared product development and the creation of such flexible computing architecture
3: moore's law was slowing down Uh, it's not that we're not getting a better semiconductor nodes every generation but we're not getting the frequency increase that we used to. The costs are going up. And the workloads, meanwhile, aren't slowing down at all. Right? They need more computation and different types of computation. And that's what's really led us, I think, to align on this need for a heterogeneous platform. So I think that's really been exciting. And it has led to our collaboration uh, in the industry on C6. So how do we even connect devices better moving forward uh, to enable more and more performance, satisfy those customer needs? Absolutely. It's all about system performance. And it is. I think that's what we're, uh, we see. And we also see that the need for this partnership in terms of a real ecosystem, uh, for the betterment of our customers.
1: Of course, Xilinx is one of the pioneers in this adaptive computation world. Companies such as Amazon or Alibaba use Xilinx adaptive and programmable computing hardware in their data centers. But there are other examples too. Other examples such as Altera, which was acquired by Intel in 2015 for more than $16 billion, or a company like MicroSemi that was acquired by Microchip Technologies. As you see, while there are emerging players such as Xilinx in this field, the old guys, such as Intel, are also going after creating these new solutions. Keep that in mind when you are investing. Okay, I hope you're still with me and this hasn't become too technical for you. Hopefully not. I think as an investor, we need to understand these tectonic shifts that are impacting the future so that we can invest our money where it matters and where return is going to come from. So it may get a little bit of technical and we may understand some of the technical and technological solutions behind these investments we are making, but that is time well spent. Let me give you a small thought cleanser before we talk about the last solution and the last player in the post-Morzla era. Have you seen a stock cards portfolio store on our website recently? We called it a store, but in reality, it is our investment sandbox. It's a sandbox for themes that are shaping the future and strategies that are worth investing. Investment themes such as what we are talking about today, the death of Moore's Law. The Portfolio Store is sort of a playground for investors like you and I. Remember how Nitin Paticia, who was one of our guests in our earlier episodes last year, was talking about the best thing an investor can do is to stick to his or her strategy? Well, Portfolio Store is a tool to do just that. It helps you and I to define the universe within which we discover new investment ideas. Regardless of what's happening in the day-to-day of the stock market, whatever amount of noise, pessimism, or optimism is out there, the best thing an investor can do is to stay on a strategy and not to drift away. And that is the whole point behind our portfolio store. We create and share these investment themes and strategies that are not going to change because the stock prices go up or down. And together, we can all stay on strategy and, of course, generate return. So, if you haven't seen the portfolio store on our website, go to stockart.io and click on portfolio store. <laughs> We are back with one last solution that is emerging to increase the computing speed in the post law era. This one is developed by the granddaddy of technology sector, also known as Alphabet. As investors, when we think of Alphabet, we either think about their search advertising or the other business unit that is called the other bets. We love the search advertising side of the business because it has been printing cash and has helped us make quite reasonable return on our investment. And we collectively hate the other bets side of the business because it gobbles up cash and, and doesn't really do much for our investments. But one of such bets can pay off. And that's Google's inroads in machine learning and specifically creating specialized processing units known as the Tensor Processing Unit or TPU. These, quote-unquote, domain-specific processing units are specifically built for large-volume data processing needed for machine learning purposes. And that creates another way to achieve higher speed of processing in the post Moore's law era. Let's listen to John Hennessy, Alphabet's chairman in his speech at Google's 2018 IO conference. He talks about what such specialized processing units have done and can do for new kinds of application developments in the post Moore's law era.
3: You know, I've been, I built my first computer almost 50 years ago, believe it or not. Um, I've seen a lot of revolutions in in this incredible IT industry since then: the creation of the internet, the creation of the World Wide Web, the magic of the microprocessor, uh, smartphones, uh, personal computers. But the one I think that is really going to change our lives is the breakthrough in machine learning and artificial intelligence. Um, this is a technology which people have worked on for 50 years, and finally, finally, we made the breakthrough. And the basis of that breakthrough, we needed about a million times more computational power than we thought we needed to make the technology work. But we finally got to the point where we could apply that kind of computer power. So how do you think about building a domain-specific architecture to do, uh, to do deep neural networks? Well, this is a picture of what's inside a tensor processing unit. The point I want to make about this is, if you look at this, what uses up the silicon area... Notice that it's not used for a lot of control. It's not used for a lot of caching. It's used to do things that are directly relevant to the computation. So this processor can do 256 by 256. That is 64,000 8-bit multiply accumulates every single clock. Every single clock. So it can really crunch through for inference things Enormous amounts of computational capability.
1: That is it. We've covered so much today. Thank you for hanging around. Let's just recap what we've learned. Moore's Law is dying, but the party must go on. As investors, we have to celebrate the death of Moore's Law by finding who is going to lead us into faster and more efficient data processing and generate Moore's Law-level returns. There are a few ways to go about it. The big players such as Intel are not giving up. They're tweaking the existing technology to continue to make computing faster and more efficient. Then we have the likes of NVIDIA that are going about it by creating domain-specific computation platforms to standardize and speed up application development for things such as autonomous cars. One other way to go about it is what the companies such as Xilinx are doing. They are creating flexible and adaptable architecture structure that is already powering cloud storage and computing data centers for AWS and Alibaba. And last, and I'm very sure it's not going to be the least, is how Google has created domain-specific semiconductors for machine learning computation. These are just a few companies you would need to look at if you're interested to continue to generate return in the post Law era. With that, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please take a moment and write us a review and share your feedback on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. We take your feedback very seriously. See you next time. Our website is stockcard.io. StockCard is a cheat sheet for long-term stock market investors. Sign up and create a free account with one click.
2: All right, folks, that's it for this episode of Renegade Investors. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you had fun listening to us, give us a review. We read all of your reviews and comments. You may even get featured in the future episodes.
3: I'm a long-term believer in cryptocurrency as as uh, an important part of our space. Um, and what we're going to have to do is figure out how to make it work, how to make it work efficiently, how to make it work seamlessly, how to make it work inexpensively. I think those are all problems that can be conquered. Uh, and I think you'll see a bunch of people that have both the algorithmic heft and the ability to rethink how we do that. Um, and really make cryptocurrencies go quite quick. And then we can also build machines which accelerate that even further so that we can make... Tra- cryptocurrency transaction should be faster than a cash transaction and certainly no slower than a credit card transaction. We're not there yet, but we could get there. We can get there with enough work, and I think that's where we ought to be moving to.